Welcome to the Dissected Podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Michaela Keegan Yadley, and I am here to bring incredible guests to you on the topics of teaching and leadership. In this third season, we are focusing on what keeps teachers in the game. It's no surprise that this year has been the most challenging year of teaching for most teachers. And while many are considering leaving the profession altogether, there are also many who still love what they do, or at least have faith that they will love it again soon. We covered all of the challenges and solutions that are needed during season two, and season three is dedicated to seeing us through the challenge to a brighter side of teaching. Get ready to be inspired. This season of the Dissected Podcast is brought to you by the 3D Printing Man. Get custom food bowls or custom chore charts printed by the 3D Printing Man. Visit his Etsy store, The 3D Printing Man, again at Etsy, The 3D Printing Man, and use the code DISSECTED for 10% off. Happy Tuesday, everybody. On today's episode of Dissect Ed, we hear from Tim Jafeli Wolmer, or Astro Rutro on TikTok, about what brought him into education, what has kept him here, and how comedic sarcasm has served as his most effective classroom management tool. He also shares advice for teachers who may be struggling right now during this particularly difficult year. I dare you to listen to this episode and not smile ear to ear. One thing we talk about is how important it is for teachers to ask for help when they need it. And I know that this is one of the reasons Tim puts out the TikToks that he does. But have you ever had the experience where you feel too scared to ask for help out of fear of judgment from your colleagues or administrators? My teacher membership provides a safe, non-judgmental space to work through all of your teaching challenges through live one-to-one and group coaching, mini courses, resources, and access to speakers, and much more on a month-to-month or annual basis. Go to my website to sign up, linked in the episode notes. Without further ado, here is Tim or Astro Rutro on TikTok. Enjoy. Hey everybody, I am really excited to have you here on another episode of Dissected with me. I'm so excited to have our guest with us today. He is a high school science teacher and an adjunct professor of biology. Um, I found him actually in my new favorite place to hang out, which is called TikTok, if you haven't heard of it. And um, I'm late to the TikTok game. You will not find me dancing, uh, so don't even go look for that. But you will find wonderful educators, just like Tim, who we're going to talk to now and you're going to hear from him. So Tim, can you just tell us a little bit about yourself? Introduce yourself to our listening audience. <laughs> Hello. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, my name is Tim Safeli Vollmer. And like you said, I teach high school science. I'm also an adjunct professor of biology and anatomy and physiology at one of the local community colleges. I do that um, to pay off student loans, yeah. <laughs> um, help pay tuition for my doctorate and to support my Disney addiction. <laughs> yes. Tell us, listen, we must know about this Disney addiction. Okay, so I actually live in Texas, but I grew up in a very small town outside of Orlando, um, where Walt Disney World is. So um, now it's kind of like a bedroom community for Orlando. But when I grew up, it was just the sticks. Um, (laughs) And uh, it was funny because growing up, I just, my happiest memories, we, we did not have money. Um, I was the first generation to go to college. Um, my dad did not graduate high school. My mom barely graduated high school. And 
it was the luxury that we would have once in a while to go to Disney because Disney mm -hmm. used to do things like for Florida residents. So we would wait until those specials went mm -hmm. and it was just, I don't know, my happy memories of Disney and Disney characters and, and, and things like that. So I just, everybody has their happy place and mine is Walt Disney World. And I've had people ask, have you ever been to Disneyland? I'm like, oh, that's a dirty word in my house. No. <laughs> um, I've never been what you you get it and like i i hope i don't know listeners that love disneyland i'm sorry this is definitely not knocking disneyland but when you've gone to disney world like as part of your childhood it's a whole experience yep it's hard to replicate <laughs> and i've honestly been open to disney but my true disney friends said growing up in disney world you're going to be let down and i was like well if i'm going to spend that much money i'm going to go to my happy place where i know i'm going to be happy rather than you know disappointed i do love california i've just never been to disneyland <laughs> mm. um so I'm a first generation college student also. And I think that's a special, um, I think it's a special honor that we get to kind of wear and, and carry with us and really appreciate about our journey and then our students' journeys as well. Um, just knowing how, like when you're the first one to navigate that in your family, it can be definitely challenging. Um, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So I, I have one more question for you before we get into uh, your like what we're going to talk about tonight on the pod as far as your message you mentioned that you had originally planned on being a vet but then you decided that it wasn't a good fit and you happened to tell me it's a funny story but didn't tell me the story so it's interesting because um originally if I don't remember this as well as my parents did. Um, originally, I guess up until about fourth grade, I had told them that I wanted to be a teacher. Mm -hmm. um, and then I don't know what happened. I don't remember that so much, but uh, then I wanted to be a veterinarian. Um, I always liked science. I always liked mm -hmm. watching documentaries, nature channels. I grew up with no cable, so we only had the three networks, mm -hmm. UHF and PBS. Yes. <laughs> so I remember watching Wild America and just thinking, oh my gosh, this is so interesting watching all of these animals. So I kind of connected, you know, medicine, science, animals. And then um, I was a non-traditional student. I went to college right out of high school. And then I kind of like took time off and then I went back. And luckily for me, um, veterinary school, it's very competitive to get into, uh, but they require extensive um, volunteer work and you have to have so much hours in small animal med animal medicine and large animal medicine. And then it was halfway through that while I was working on my master's uh, that I realized I really like my pets, <laughs> not so much everybody else's. And then I actually developed an allergy to cats really, really bad. Um, mm -hmm. I grew up around cats and most people may know or may not know that you can develop allergies as you age. I did not know that. Um, and there was no way for me to go to vet school and say, hey, I am definitely allergic to cats at this point. So um, I did not know what I was going to do. And then um, I had to do part of my graduate program. I was the, um, it was called service. We're in the microbiology department at Colorado State University. We would go into the community and teach different aspects. So this is where it kind of gets risque, but funny. Um, I was the person who went to nursing homes and talked about STDs in uh, nursing homes and how to protect themselves. And then I would go into health classes and things like that and talk about various disease transmission. And I actually just enjoyed teaching. I was like, I really like 
what I'm doing. I like the fact that I majored in this um, mm -hmm. and I'm getting, you know, at the time we weren't getting paid, but I could foresee a future getting paid to talk about what I really enjoyed. Mm -hmm. And that's how I ended up becoming a teacher. That is an incredible pathway to teaching. I right? absolutely love it. Um, so much content around the nursing home uh, presentations that you did. We won't go there. Um, but that is that is really, that's it. What a great heart-driven pa um, path, though, to becoming a teacher. I have such a, a much similar story. Just doesn't involve allergies to cats, science, or giving presentations at nursing homes. But I re did realize later on, too. Um, so that's really cool. Well, I want to let our audience know, our listeners know, how I like stumbled upon you in my FYP, which I now understand on TikTok and what that means and how that happens. Um, and, you know, this, my listeners know that season three of Dissected has, is dedicated towards bringing, uh, shedding light on or bringing the focus to the positive aspects of teaching and that is a very general term but really it's it's kind of the why behind what keeps us in we talked about a lot about the what's causing like either the exodus from teaching or teachers to consider leaving the field but I'm really curious and I want listeners to also have um, access to what is keeping people in why are we teachers what do we love about it um, and what keeps us showing up every day even when it gets hard because I think it's a really important um, question to examine because even when things get hard, there are reasons why teachers show up. And so I want to, we're exploring that on this season. And so I came across your videos and I said, wow, like I really love his message. So I wanted to know about your like intentionality behind and like not dismantling all the negative, but like acknowledging it, but also saying, Hey, there's this whole other aspect to teaching um, that I want to, you know, kind of open your minds to open your eyes to and really shed light on. Can you tell us more about that? Um, so I was much like you. I did not know what TikTok was. Um, I, I know I was constantly telling my students to put their phone away and <laughs> three years ago to get off TikTok. Yes. And then COVID happened and the pandemic mm -hmm. and pandemic teaching. And we had our two PE teachers reached out to, um, not to brag, but some of the popular teachers <laughs> and asked us to make TikToks and create a TikTok account because they wanted to show how we were staying active during the lockdown and the quarantine. Um, and me being the goofball that I am, I did um, all kinds of parodies. I did a parody of me being the lady from Flashdance to She's awesome. a Maniac. And I had like the whole routine down and I had like my my shirt on my head to make it look like I had long hair that I was going back and forth. And I had these horrible socks that I made look like leg warmers. And I just made a couple of those little videos. Wait, please tell me those are still on your feed. It looks I don't know. I don't think so. I think I deleted them when I started applying no. for um, <laughs> programs <laughs> in, in educational leadership because I didn't want them to see. Um, <laughs> I'm sure I can find them and send them to you. Um, but then um, I don't remember that I, I, I'm, I'm so computer goofy. I didn't know how hashtagging worked. And then kind of like you with the FYP, I start and I didn't know what that meant for either. Um, 
I started seeing other teachers making TikToks because we were trying to keep our students engaged during the pandemic. And there were so many students that everybody's story was different in how they were handling online learning, the lockdown, the social dynamics of what was happening while yeah. they were at home, yeah. that I was trying to just make some fun things that maybe my students would see. And then kind of like what you have talked about in previous seasons, as we transitioned back into the classroom, there were so many issues that we were facing where I had, being an adjunct professor, I had taught online classes before. So mm. the immediate transition from going to being an in-person teacher to online high school, it was not really a difficult transition for me. I already mm. had a lot of the knowledge and the know-how on how to do um, an online class. Yeah. But I was trying to, you know, be a little bit entertaining, helping some of my coworkers, and I didn't realize quite how... TikTok work. And I did not know how many people were going to start watching my videos all over the country. And then it just kind of snowballed from there. And we had kind of talked about this previously. It's it's interesting. And nobody really knows how the algorithm works for TikTok. But sometimes you can go down a black hole of a specific topic. Hmm. And you can end up in like... Um, uh, teacher TikTok, but then there's two, there, there's multiple divisions of teacher TikTok. There were a lot of informative professional development things. Um, I saw a bunch of teachers making TikToks on how to use Google Slides, how to mm. use emojis to make your online lectures more entertaining. But then there were some teachers that were out there um, not so transitioning well and struggling and, and what some people thought was negative, I thought was more of a, hey, I got you. And I would connect with them and say, hey, you know, have you tried this? And I ended up going, I guess, towards the more negative aspect of TikTok. But I don't like to call it the negative aspect because I think we all went into this profession with the utmost nobility. And yeah. they were just voicing their frustrations mm -hmm. of, I don't know, I don't know how to do it this way. And I feel like now that a lot of school districts have transferred back to 100% in person, mm -hmm. there is still these teachers that are making TikToks that some people think are negative, I think are just, hey, I need help and I'm not getting yeah. the support that I need. Mm -hmm. And I feel like it's such a learning curve for so many that, you know, there some, some of them are commenting on the fact that maybe admin is not being as supportive as they want to. Mm -hmm. But sometimes that admin doesn't know what to do either. This was new mm -hmm. for everybody. Yeah, that's, <laughs> no, I mean, first of all, that's hilarious that, I mean, I would probably do, I would, I would do the same thing, think I'm making something for like students and all of a sudden, like people across the country are seeing it. That's really funny. Um, also the fact that you took your flash dance videos down when you were applying to school, that's hilarious because we do have to think about our digital footprint, but I'm like, hmm, I think that would have actually been a great thing to show. Um, just, uh, and then I think too, you know, pointing out that I love how you classified or characterized teachers who might be viewed as being negative, that you see it as really more of a, I need, and the needs not being met. Um, and I don't know how to communicate that. So it comes out in all different ways. Some people like withdraw, you know, they turn inside, they don't talk about it. other people might put out, you know, TikToks or, 
it comes out in so many different ways. And I, I, I like the fact that you, you classified it that way. And it's a good thing to keep in mind that, you know, people got into teaching for a reason, right? We all, and contrary to what I'm sure a lot of people believe it's not for the pay. Um, not at all. <laughs> it's a great, it is a great career, but like, that's not when you're in college, um, that's not why people are uh, telling you to get into teaching. So um, the, the fairs, the career fairs, you know, for en your engineering friends and like the STEM fields, you're like, I'm sorry, what did you start at when you, when you first started? Um, and so, you know, we all came into the profession for a reason. And so did the teachers who are putting out those TikToks. So let me ask you, Tim, what, well, we actually talked about what brought you in, but how long have you been a teacher? Um, I started teaching, well, if we include what I did at Colorado State, I, mm -hmm. it was at 2006. So okay, I yeah, so about the same time, yeah. as, about the same amount of time as me. And so I'm sure that, you know, you've, you are aware of like the challenges and how like teaching looks a lot different now than it did even when we first started. That's one of the ones that I think people are really that are our age or have been in teaching for a while are grappling with is like, whoa. When we picture, you know, 15 years ago to now, there's a huge difference. And then we have this other time period within that, which is like pre-pandemic and now. So you've you've been in education for challenging moments and times and shifts. Uh, and what keeps you in? Like what 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 makes you get up on those tough days or when you're tired or and gets you to school? <laughs> oh goodness, that's a good question. <laughs> um, <laughs> The thing I tell my students is, and I made a TikTok about this, which was kind of serious, but kind of joking. Um, why did I become a teacher? And I tell them, um, I tell my students two reasons. I said, teachers will always be immortal. And they were like, what do you mean? And I said, because no matter if you love or hate me, I will be in your mind rent free way after you graduate. Oh, you so will true. always remember me hopefully fondly, but it's not always going to be fondly. Um, so I wanted to be famous. So <laughs> I chose teaching. I don't have any other skills. I'm, you know, not a good actor. And I am going to in your mind as that oddball science teacher that you had. Um, and the other reason is truly, I just get annoyed by stupid people. And I, I say that every day I get to go in and help the world be a little less stupid by teaching them how to, especially in science, we teach critical thinking, data analysis, um, and it's totally relevant. Um, there's many times that I have students, you know, when am I going to use this in the real world? Well, I don't know. My teaching license did not come with a crystal ball. I don't know what you're going to be doing in the future, but this is why it is pertinent uh, to what's going on right now. And especially when COVID uh, came out, because I teach biology and microbiology. And mm -hmm. I said, you know, all of this stuff is relevant to things you've learned in the past when I had you in ninth grade. And mm -hmm. right now I have them as seniors teaching dual credit. All of this stuff is stuff that maybe you don't remember 100%, but it's definitely uh, germane to what's going on with new strains of COVID, how disease is transmitted, um, the evolution of the virus and things like that. So yeah, I I love it. And I mean, I can tell clearly that your heart is your heart brought you into it and like loving to teach. And then also like it's keeping it in because when you can be that sarcastic with high school students, that means you like truly love it because that's honestly one of the hidden joys 
that people don't realize being especially a high school teacher is the level of sarcasm that you're you can get to is actually like the more sarcastic you can be is like the more loving the relationship is so yes and <laughs> I, I tell teachers all the time i know it does not work well for right. elementary school and mm -hmm. i know that some people do it better than others so i don't recommend it for everybody but comedic sarcasm has been and i taught at some really rough schools yeah comedic sarcasm was the best classroom management ever <laughs> um because you know, you're not talking down to a student. You're kind of shedding light on something in a comedic way where, you know, the students didn't feel like I was yelling at them or whatever. I was calling attention to, you know, you need to fix this. And, and yeah, I don't know if it would work well in elementary school. They would probably <laughs> cry or <laughs> something like that. Let me tell you, I'm in an elementary school for the first time ever this year, um, a few days a week, and I'm really there just to coach a principal. So I and I I interact. I, I love the teachers, so like I interact with them. But I'm really there as a principal coach. I listen. Kindergartners, they've got comebacks. They've got they are little comedians. I was like, I couldn't do this because you are adorable to me. And what you just did was so inappropriate. And I, could, I don't know what to do with this. Like, I don't actually know. I'm glad I'm not here coaching the principal on how she's telling me, like, she's showing me how to um, address that. But like, that was hilarious. Because I'm like, we're happy. I love comedic sarcasm. Um, and also, um, didn't you just do a recent TikTok on that? Did you um, uh, did you use did you stitch one on and use comedic sarcasm? I feel like you did. Oh, I did. I mean, I've done a couple on that. Yeah, the, I came across one. I thought it was brilliant. I was like, "That's so good." I don't have that quick wit. That, oh, it um, was it was the TikTok where the um, and I don't know if it was staged or not. It was the it was the teacher that was just staring down staring. the student. Yeah. And I was like, I'm all about dialogue, conversation. You can tell I'm very talkative. Um, mm -hmm. and I, I know every teacher, and I'm not judging, every teacher has their own classroom management strategy. Mm -hmm. But I also know that younger teachers, student teachers, they're looking at social media and what they're seeing. And I was like, you know, I wouldn't recommend using that method. I don't know what the whole story was behind that situation. Right. But there are other ways where you can still have a positive relationship by, by kind of not, I don't want to say, you know, be... Uh, how do I want to word this? By using comedic sarcasm where you have a pre-established relationship with the student, yeah. they know that it's coming from a place of love and they know it's coming from a place of concern. Mm -hmm. And yeah, I stitched student teachers. This is probably not the best way to handle this because that video went viral. I saw it everywhere. Oh, you did? Not see my video, was... the one where the teacher was staring down the student. Yeah, I didn't see that one, but I saw yours, and I was like, that was so good. And, like, I don't – I really envy your ability, your quick wit, because I don't have that. So my, like, sarcasm would come out in different ways, um, but it would be – it was really a great way to – I can't put that in my classroom management strategies, like, free online training, though, because um, I don't know that everybody – I would have to explain how to like be sarcastic, but it has to come from a place of love. Yeah. <laughs> but like, maybe I'll just take your TikTok video and I'll, I'll link it. No, it, was, yeah, it, was, no, it was just so good. Um, so my last question then for you, cause you did just talk about how one of the reasons why you, you know, wanted to um, stitch that and like show kind of the, the, the two different ways of approaching a, this, a similar challenge and it is a challenge it's the it's the power struggle 
that you can get tempted into uh, having, right, with with high school students and middle school, which I start every training by saying, like, if there is one thing not to do, it is to not get into a power struggle with your students because they, I mean, I'm learning that kindergartners can win and I didn't know that, um, but uh, they're very clever. But, you know, teenagers job is to like beat you in an argument. Like they just, they're, that's their job. That's what they do. And so and nobody wins when we get into those power struggles. Um, but, it, and it's also been tough because, you know, student teachers, like you said, new teachers, they actually didn't even have, I mean, I don't think college covers it well anyway, with classroom management and things like that. However, they didn't even really have like a traditional student teaching experience or people to learn from in that way, like on the, on the job. So what would you say um, to teachers who might be struggling right now, the teachers you see who are maybe posting negative TikToks and you see that as like a call, like a kind of indication that they're, they're just having a tough time. Um, what would your advice be to a, to a struggling teacher right now? Who, ha, whose heart brought them into the role but right now they're having trouble just even getting through. Oh, how long is your podcast? I have lots, <laughs> lots of things to say. Um, the first thing is, I think what I've noticed in my years of teaching is that teachers are often reluctant to ask for help. And mm. I'm not sure why that is, because we expect our students to self-advocate when they don't understand. I just had a conversation today in the teacher's lounge with uh, one of my coworkers of things that frustrated us when students ask, you know, um, okay, well, what part? All of it. Mm -hmm. Okay. <laughs> I think you stop me the moment you get confused because this isn't really helping. Um, mm -hmm. And we, we teach our students to self-advocate when they don't understand something that we're there to help. But a lot of times I feel like teachers are reluctant to ask for help and ask other teachers and coworkers, like I'm having an issue with the student. How would you handle this? Mm -hmm. um, so that would be the first thing. And I honestly think now with TikTok and other forms of social media, it's great to, to post the question maybe out there all the way around. I had a, uh, a teacher asked a question on one of the videos that I made. Um, mm -hmm. And she is a newer teacher, I think a second year teacher in Louisiana, which is a neighboring state for us. So I had said, this is the way I would handle it. And then I opened it up for some of my teacher followers on TikTok. I'm like, you know, stitch this video or comment. What is your recommendation? You know, yeah. it takes, we say it takes a village to raise a child. It takes a village to raise a teacher too. It does. And even 15 years into this, I still don't have all the answers. So I think the biggest thing would be to ask for help when you need it. The second thing that I recommend, and this is where it's like, oh, goodness, if my district, <laughs> my superintendent hears this, <laughs> we all care, but I tell teachers that I work with sometimes that I feel like that I'm having to talk off of a ledge. You care too much. And I don't want that to come across the wrong way, because when I say you care too much, I'm saying at some point you have to realize that your caring is burning yourself out. Yeah, absolutely. I'm, I'm passionate about student success. I'm passionate about what I teach. I love science. I tell my students, I feel like I'm uh, a sportscaster gets paid to talk about sports. I get paid to talk about science. Um, but I also understand that there are things in public education that I cannot change. 
Yeah. We are all frustrated by certain things about it. And I am not going to stress myself out or let it affect my mental health because it's something I cannot change. I'm not saying toxic positivity is the answer, but right. I'm saying focus more on what you can control, what aspect of your job still brings you joy, and then find a way to process what you can't and what's trying to bring you down. Um, and my phrase is always, it is what it is. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, you you just said like five things in that one answer that could be their own like episode, I feel like. But I love how you said, focus, there are so many things we can't control. It's so true. And it hasn't that been true also for like 15 years that you've been in education, 16 years. I There have always been things that have like policies or things we've had to do, testing, whatever it is that's been outside of our control that might frustrate us. Um, and that advice to like figure out how to process it so that it's not like you like living in your head and taking up your emotional and mental energy to the way that it's like destroying you is a great, great tip. And then I love how you also said it, there's a different, it's not toxic positivity because it's not just saying, cause I, cause, because I've heard that a lot. I've heard a ton of toxic positivity. So for anybody who's listening and doesn't know, cause I actually didn't know what that phrase meant until this year somehow, cause I witnessed it for a long time, but just saying when somebody says like, this is really hard and we're like, Oh no, it's, it's not that hard. It's, it's easy. Like look at how easy your job is. And just deflecting that, that, and, and not acknowledging that person's like struggle. That's the toxic positivity. But saying like acknowledging it and saying, yeah, it is hard right now. And what can you control and focus on that? And what does bring you joy? I love that. I love that advice. My dogs, of course, are barking in the background that it wouldn't be a dissected podcast episode if they weren't barking in it. So, um, but yeah, that's such good advice. The other thing is I tell, cause I'm a mentor teacher, uh, for a lot of, uh, new teachers, first year teachers and things mm -hmm. like that, um, with at my campus and sometimes some, some new teachers in the district. And what I also tell them is when we talk about dealing with parents, mm -hmm. um, couple of things. One, I always tell them, keep in mind, in my mind, email is the worst form of communication. Yeah. I tell new teachers, I said, it's just like text messaging. I said, the tone in which it was written is rarely the tone in which it is read. Okay. And sometimes... I've had it, my teacher colleagues, we have a very close-knit PLC where um, we'll get, we're like, ooh, that seemed a little pointed, a little hot, um, mm -hmm. and have a coworker read it and don't tell them what is the background behind it. And a lot of times I've had um, one of my good friends is a math teacher and she came in very, very upset. And I read the email and I said, mm, I don't think this is written in the way that you think. I think this is written of the parents not calling you a liar. I think the parent is telling you what their student said and is waiting for you to say, is this true or is this not true? I also tell new teachers all the time, if I get an email from a parent, I'll respond. Hopefully that takes care of the issue. If it doesn't and the email comes back from the parent, I'm not doing this round and round. I immediately right. will call during my conference period mm -hmm. because the tone on the phone or yeah. the tone face-to-face -face is so much different than what we perceive or what was 
email. So you kind of learn this over time because I used to take things like that personally too early yeah. on in my career. And now it's like, nope, I nip it in the bud. Let's talk. I would love to have a conversation with you about this. That is, oh my gosh, a, a, another gem of advice because you're absolutely right. Number one, I like the advice of like the tone, having somebody else read it with a completely different lens and um, like not really knowing what the backstory is. That's a really great just hack everybody has their teacher friends right so just having somebody else who's willing to say like hey you know what like i know this is really upsetting to you but i don't know that it's reading that way this is how i'm seeing it that's awesome i've actually never really heard somebody um recommend that or really seen two teachers do that before but also taking it off of email like you said when you if your reply doesn't um it, it, if you get a reply back for like a third email a second email from the parent taking it to phone is so much better it, it, it it's so much better because be for them to be able to hear you say I, I i care about your your child and i can tell you do too that's the common ground right and then it's so much easier to get to the solution and to a level of understanding yeah because i feel like when the parent knows that you're coming from a place of concern and advocacy mm -hmm. for the parent uh, or for the student rather yeah. um their tone completely changes. Of, hey, I am trying to get your student to be successful in my class. These are the opportunities that I give and I want to work together. Yeah. I don't want to teach them again next year. <laughs> so, <laughs> <laughs> no, it's so funny though, because it is so true that those, that, that immediately is so disarming and a parent may actually be used to not having that message come across or be expecting something else too. So, um, I want to thank you so much for taking time on a Friday night. Well, okay. So I said happy Tuesday in the beginning of the podcast, but we're actually recording on a Friday night, a little insider info there. Um, and, uh, thank you for taking time on a Friday after a long week. I do though, people need to know where can they find you? Oh, okay. <laughs> so they, you they have to have, listen, you all need to have access to this. To, to Tim's um, TikTok because it is it's informative, it's hilarious, it's just a bright it's just a bright light. So, well, thank you. Fun. There's and there's so many other funny teachers out there, but um, on TikTok I am Astro Rutro A S T R O R U H R O H. Um, I got it's it's something that I've had forever. Um, way back when with AOL, um, <laughs> I remember when you had to pick a screen name. I had like the Jetsons on and the dog was Astro and he always said Rutro. So that's me, <laughs> Astro Rutro. And um, yeah, I mean, reach out. I, I, I constantly ask, I don't know about how to do a TikTok live yet, but I thought oh, about doing like TikTok lives for teachers on the weekends and Hey, let's just brainstorm. Cause I'm a big proponent of PLC. Yes. And I'm like, would it be awesome if we could do like a nationwide PLC and yes. we're all sharing ideas and things like that. So I, I, I'm down to try something like that. Oh my God, let's do it. Okay. So we're going to plan that. Okay. Absolutely. Um, awesome. And, uh, I'm going to put your TikTok um, handle right in our episode notes. So you're going to, you can anticipate many new followers who are just fans. Cause I'm telling you, you have to watch this stuff. It's so good. Thank and, you. um, we'll, we'll plan that, uh, that live and I'll just, um, I'll just be there for the fun. No, I'm okay. just kidding. <laughs> I'm just kidding. That's, that's such a good idea though. Uh, all right. Well, thank you so much. I hope you have a wonderful weekend and we'll be in touch and everybody go follow him on TikTok. <laughs> thank you. All right. Bye. Bye.